Well, it is such a, again, gorgeous day. It's a gorgeous time to be out here sitting in front of uh, the church building behind me. And, you know, we're going to, again, be just spending some time today. Hopefully all of you can stick around for the, the picnic afterward. Um, you know, it's just a great time for us to fellowship with together as a church, you know, to, to be with one another, to be in community with one another. You know, I came across uh, this story, and maybe you can relate. Um, Kyle, an absent-minded husband, was sitting in his office all gloomy. He had just gotten an earful for forgetting his wife or his and his wife's wedding anniversary. No, don't raise your hands. It's okay. Don't raise your hands. A co-worker saw him and came to check if he was all right. Hey, are you all right there, buddy? He asked. You look blue. Kyle looked up at him and said, I forgot my anniversary again. I forgot her birthday three months ago and now our anniversary. Whoa, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? The coworker said. She's going to lock me out of the house if this keeps up, Kyle said. The coworker suggested that Kyle send her some flowers with an apology note before adding, take her out to a nice dinner tonight. I'm sure she'll forgive you. The flower idea stuck, or struck Kyle and he found a way of never having to bear his wife's wrath again. He went to the florist, gave him the dates of their anniversary and his wife's birthday, and paid for five years in advance. The dinner date went nice and his marriage was going smooth, but since forgetfulness has no cure, Kyle managed to slip up again. A couple of years went by until one day when Kyle came home after work, his wife opened the door and greeted him with a hug and intense kiss. Not sure what the unusual greeting was for, he continued in the warm embrace and then noticed there were flowers on the table, to which he offhandedly said, those flowers sure are nice. Where'd you get them? Now, I don't know if any of you can relate with Kyle, you know, where we forget. We can all be forgetful of anniversaries and things like that. Um, but hopefully being here today in kind of this um, unusual setting that we're sitting in, hopefully you know that we're here today because we've been celebrating really for the whole year the anniversary, the 175-year anniversary of the church in case you didn't see all the big signs, right? It's 175 years, and that is significant, isn't it? It's, it's significant that this church has been standing here, literally this physical building has been here for 175 years. I think when I did the math, that was about 15 years before Abraham Lincoln took office, this church stood. And, you know, I think one of the things in the time, in the day and age we live in, that we've kind of lost with so much, as wonderful as technology is, and all the advancements with TV and all these things, we've really kind of lost a lot of, in a lot of ways, I believe, our imagination, haven't we? I, mean, I know back in the day, I, wasn't, I, was, I was just behind this time a little bit, but back in the day, you know, people used to gather around the radio, right? And there would be something, a story on there, and you'd have to use your imagination and imagine what it must have been like. Or maybe you're an avid reader and you read stories and books and, you know, you think about it. I know for my wife, she reads a lot of books. And then whenever we go to see the movie, it's kind of always a letdown, a little bit of a disappointment because the book was so much better. One, because there's just a lot more detail, but also because you kind of create that world in your mind, what it might have looked like. And so the imagination is, is wonderful. God has given us an imagination. And today I want to ask you to imagine what it might have been like here 175 years ago. I mean, think about that for a minute. You know, right now, in this, right now, this second, you can hear the breeze through the trees and everything else. But in a minute, cars are going to go by, horn might honk. Soon there's going to be music, you know, playing downtown really loud. Um, just all these noises that we hear. But imagine what it must have been like when this was just open. Or maybe they cleared. Maybe there was trees here. And 
the downtown, the only thing that was there at that time was the village tavern. That was the only other place besides the church. So before there was a town, there was the church, and this church existed. And, you know, I loved, again, just to let our imagination go there and put yourself in the shoes of those early German settlers that, that built this church in the center of their community. And I, I could preach another, another whole sermon on that point right there, that it, the church was at the center of the community and is where the community gathered. There was a significance there. And, you know, imagine what it must have been like for them, you know, the, the harsh winters when they didn't have electricity or they didn't, they didn't have a lot of the luxuries we have today. They didn't come in a car. You know, they had to get up and they, they rode maybe a horse or, or some kind of whatever or walked, right? And how much time that must have taken. But what I really want us to dial in is, is think of the determination and the commitment to the calling that God had placed on them that, to establish this church and to persevere. And if, as you look at the history of this church, and there were many moments where this church really could have shut its doors forever, but the, the people persevered. And so, you know, I want to just share with you today just some thoughts as we think about what it might have been like as they went forward. Why? Because they were not sitting in our perspective. They didn't have 175 years to look back on. They were simply in the moment and what God was doing then and, and how he was using them in that moment. You know, there's a thing about commitment. There's a story or there's actually an experience I had in the military. It's not going to be maybe what you think, but we were deployed in Iraq but there were some downtimes there. And, and when we were down, and again, you get a bunch of younger, crazy guys together. And the, the store, the PX on base there, had, they had bikes. Some guys brought their, their mountain bikes and stuff. And so we had time on our hands, and we had some resources at our disposal. So we did the natural thing. You know, some of you may be thinking, well, what would you do, build a bunker or, you know, build something useful? We did, but it was, it was a bike ramp, right? Because we needed to jump the bikes and see how far and how high we could go. So we built this ramp, and you know it was funny because it was a pretty steep ramp. And my my one friend, actually, is Puerto Rican friend of mine, Pedro. You know, he was an avid, you know, uh, off-road biker. You know, he would go do all the trails and just crazy extreme stuff. And so he loved it. He had his bike there. But another guy, I'm not going to give his name because he still hasn't lived this down. But he um, he wanted to try it as well. Now, the key, and if you've ever done this, I did do this jump once, um, and it, I did land it, but it was not pretty, and I limped off afterward. But the key to this thing, and if you've ever had to jump, anybody jumped a bike before off a serious ramp? I'm not talking about, like, the low one. But the one thing, and, and I, there's actually video, and I'll someday, maybe if you want, I'll, I'll try to bring it, I can show you, because it is worth the entertainment. But all you hear, so my friend Pedro, right, and our, our other friend's going to jump this bike, and... He gets back, you know, he's looking at it and, and doing all the stuff, and he's going to make his run. He starts making his run, and as Pedro is filming, the whole time, he's, he just keeps saying, you know, don't stop pedaling, don't stop pedaling, right? And my buddy, you know, he's just turning along, turning along. He gets about halfway up the ramp, and he stops pedaling, all right? So this beautiful, if you can see this image, as this bike comes up the ramp, he has right to his back tire, and he kind of just stalls there, right, because he stopped pedaling. And what happens then, because he lost momentum, it just slowly, the front end just went down. And next thing you know, you know, he is face first in the Iraqi sand and just rolling across. The bike goes one way. He goes another. He gets up. His, his helmet's all sideways. He's got sand everywhere up his nose. 
in all the bad places. And the point of it was, and my, my buddy, my friend Pedro ran up to him. He's like, why'd you stop pedaling, right? Because he needed to keep that momentum. He, in the middle of it all, he somehow stopped the, the, the basic rule. <laughs> and he, he paid a price for it, right? And so, you know, there has to be this commitment. And that's one of the things when you got up that ramp, once you were hit that ramp, you were committed. You could not pull off at that point. You was all or nothing. And so today, again, I want to look at, take that picture. And there were, you know, I believe three elements to make that jump, right? To make that jump. The first one was to evaluate. You know, obviously you looked at everything. You looked at your equipment. You looked at the ramp. The second was to eliminate, right? Any distractions. And once you started, you know, you couldn't pay attention to all that other stuff. And apparently he wasn't paying attention to what Pedro was saying. Don't stop pedaling. He eliminated all that. And then lastly, we need to elevate, right? Because we need to take off that ramp and launch into what's next, okay? And so we're going to kind of look at a passage of scripture, and then we're going to just kind of bring this all together. Are you with me? And go on a little journey this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. Probably, probably a pretty familiar passage uh, for all of us, for many of us here. Um, chapter 3 and beginning in verse 12, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi. And he writes, he said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things. Again, if you go before this, he had just gave kind of his resume in this chapter. And basically all the stuff he had done and accomplished, which was impressive. You know, he, was, he did a lot of things and a lot of things well. And so he kind of just got done with this whole thing and now he's going into this next sentence. So I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for just this amazing moment uh, with Joanne, God, and, and with, um, with Joey, Lord, and just the time that we had, Lord, to celebrate and to share with them as they, they followed your directive, Lord God, in your command to be baptized. And so we're so grateful to share that moment with them as a congregation and as a community. God, I ask you now to bless this time, bless your word, and may my words be yours this morning, and may the, the words land on good soil. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, so we see this very clear picture that Paul's painting. He's like, you know, let's look forward, let's look ahead. And so using those three components, the elements to make the jump, elevate, illuminate, or sorry, elevate, elevate, <laughs> got too many E's going on. Evaluate, eliminate, and elevate. Let's start with evaluate, right? And so we see there in verse 13, the first part of it, he says, I have not achieved it. I have not achieved it. He's looking back and he's looking at all the things that he had done and he's still saying, you know what? I've, I've not arrived to where I need to be. I'm not at the place where God wants me. God is still working out things in my life. Even with all that has been accomplished, there's still more to do. He has not arrived. And it, what an amazing statement, right? This is the apostle Paul, <laughs> I mean, he would go on and, I mean, the Lord through him, obviously, you know, he penned much of the New Testament. And he has, if anyone has a right to make a claim that, hey, he's, he's done some significant things and maybe he's arrived somewhere. You know, he also was instrumental in spreading Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. Look at all the things that he faced. And we've even touched on some of these in the book of Acts in our series. You've heard his name mentioned many times. Yet here is Paul 
at the end of his life saying, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. You know, much of where he wrote from was, was prison and definitely not a setting <laughs> like we're experiencing today. And he's still writing this and he's still saying, you know what, I'm not, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. I am still growing. And I think that needs to be a reminder to many of us today that, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. And, and to be reminded of, of where Paul was uh, in, in relation to where we are today. And while God has done many amazing things throughout the history of this church, right where we're standing in the past 175 years, part of our celebration should today include this evaluation. We need to evaluate. If you look at the banner, if the one there is sitting there, or even out here, these black signs, <clears throat> we went ahead and added the line, and I love it. I'm glad we did. Celebrating 175 years, and we added the line, and we're just getting started. Why? Because we could stop today and say, hey, look at all we've done. Look at how far we've come. Look at what God has done in this church over a past, the past 175 years. I mean, let that number sink in just for a second. 175 years. But the point is, is that we, we, we need to be in that place, in that attitude of we're just getting started. Again, anniversaries are great moments to look back, but we also need to be careful with this word nostalgia, right? Nostalgia. Someone once said that nostalgia is the sandpaper that smooths the edges of the good old days, <laughs> right? And if you think about it, this church has had a lot of great moments, but this church has also had a lot of challenging moments and maybe not so great moments. And the point is that God has been faithful through it all, but if we're not careful, we tend to look back and just think of all the, the, the mountaintops without seeing the valleys or what actually brought us to that place, to that mountaintop. Because over time, we can tend to forget the hardships and remember only the blessings. And while we don't need to dwell on the hardships, but we also need to remember that those are part of the journey, right? When we face difficult times and that this church is no different. Like Paul, there's, there's much that we can take great pride in today as to what has already been accomplished. But also like Paul, my prayer for all of us is that we do not remain content and continue. We need to instead continue to strive for what God has in the next chapter. We need to move forward. Amen? We do. I promise you, again, when, when this church was first built and the early settlers that did so, their whole motive, their, their, their view was how do we move forward? How do we keep going and how do we continue? And that still stands true today. You see, I believe with all my heart that God is not finished here with Long Grove Community Church. He is not done building his church, which is you and I, and so we need to continue to grow what in our walk with the Lord. We need to continue to press in to the things of the Lord and watch what he'll do, right? It's not just about, you know, if we put paint on this building or the things we do in this building. It's more about what is God doing in our lives? How are we walking close to him and through that what God will accomplish? Amen? So we need to evaluate. Amen. Thank you. It's my, it's my son over there, my little guy. He knows amen. So after we evaluate, then we also need to eliminate. Verse 13 there, Paul continues, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Here today we are celebrating, as I said, our 175th anniversary. You know, following the service this morning, you're going to be able to go through the church building. And we, we did this back on Palm Sunday. This will probably be the last, like, formal celebration, but... You got all of this, the, the signs, there's 
photos. There's all kinds of stuff, history about the church. I'd encourage you, even if you're not sticking around for the picnic per se, go through the church building, do a lot of read and watch and look and see God's hand on this place and how he's continued to bless it. But, you know, we're going to do that today and we're going to observe those things and we're going to remember those days gone by. So you may be asking, why am I now using the scripture that talks about forgetting what is behind when we're going to go revisit it, right? While it's important to learn from our past, and this is what we take from this, is that you cannot live there. We can't dwell there, right? It's great to go back and revisit. It's great to go back and look at all the history of this church, but we can't go back and live there in that place. We're here now, and God has placed us here now. And two, two points or two things I want us to look at and how we can move forward as we eliminate the things of the past. Again, not forgetting completely, but looking ahead. The first one, and this is for all of us, not just this church, but for you and me, is the first one, this may be one of the most challenging, is to forget our failures, right? To forget our failures. In our own lives, we shouldn't rehearse things in our heart that God has long since forgiven and forgotten. You know, we say oftentimes forgive and forget, but that forgetting part sure is hard, isn't it? And whether it's a wrong that's been done to us or maybe we've done something wrong in our past, it's hard sometimes to let that go and to trust that the work of the cross, that God has redeemed us and that he has taken that away from us, that he has paid completely for our, our sin. You know, one of the enemy's favorite ways to torment the saints is to paralyze us with the past, manipulating us with those memories. And again, looking across this, this group of people, we all have different pasts, don't we? Some brighter, some darker just different levels, different things, different places we've been. And, but we have to understand, again, that, that the enemy wants nothing more than for us to dwell back there. You know, again, here we see Paul is reminding us that we should forget the past. We shouldn't be sitting around beating ourselves up with mistakes that we made. Because you know what? The truth is every one of us here have blown it at some point in our life, haven't we? We've missed the mark. We've made a mistake. We've probably hurt somebody that's close to us. And I, again, talk about imagination. I like to, I mean, think about Paul for a minute. <laughs> you talk about somebody that, that blew, that had a past, right? I mean, you're talking, he, he was a huge persecutor of the early church. You know, he, he, he tracked, he hunted these Christians down. At best, he would put them in jail. At the worst, they would be stoned in his presence. So think about him and, 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 and you know, not remembering that part of his life to the point where he could just sit there and sulk and say, I'm worthless, you know? But he also understood that he had a moment. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ, right? The risen Savior. And everything changed, didn't it? And I want you all to remember today, those of you who, again, profess to be believers and followers of Christ, that moment when Jesus saved you, when Jesus met you in your sin and met you in that moment, maybe, again, you didn't have the flash of light and be knocked off a horse, so to speak. But Jesus, obviously, he came into your life and made you aware that you needed to be saved, right? And the beauty of it was is that he didn't leave you in that place. It's one thing to be made aware that you have fallen short. <laughs> it's one thing, you know, to come up and say, hey, you need to be saved, but... There's nothing to do to save you. You're, you're hopeless. Jesus didn't leave us in that state, did he? He said, I did the work on the cross. No matter what's your background, no matter what's your history, no matter what's your past, 
I have come and I have done a work that redeems you and that calls you from that and you are no longer a slave to sin. Amen? And some of us need to remind ourselves of that, that we are not bound by our past. We are not bound by sin anymore. Sure, we're going to be tempted. Sure, you know, we're still in a battle. But at the end of the day, we know that the battle is won through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we need to remember that today. We need to remember, again, to forget our failures. And possibly harder to that than that is the second point here. As, as we el eliminate these things, well, we forget our failures, but we also have to forget our successes, don't we? Come on now, don't get quiet on me. We got to forget our successes, right? Because just like your failure, you can learn from success, but you can't live in those places of success, right? I'll never forget when I was uh, stationed in South Korea and our base, we put together a team and we played, you know, um, we have a mixture of other units at the time in the army, but also even uh, South Korean folks too. And, you know, we had this, this game, we played soccer. We had this, you know, sporting day or whatever. And we, we put a team and I'll tell you what, never in my life was I, I mean, I was good at soccer, but I was not great. But that day I could not miss. I was kicking goals, right footed, left foot, everything was going in. And we were just, we crushed all of our competition and we ended up winning the whole thing. And it was amazing. And you know, the sad part is not a single person from my family or anybody that I knew outside of my buddies that were there in Korea with me even saw it, right? There was no video, no nothing. So I can't even go back and show anybody, hey, this is my glory days, you know? And it's kind of good though, right? Because I can't stay in that place. And for all of us too, we don't want to go and try to live on a past performance. The good old days are gone. Let them go, right? That's the start, <laughs> Because success, really, if we're honest, tends to make us complacent, doesn't it? And it can even fill us with pride. Have you ever met somebody like that that are still, you know, I, there's a couple guys from high school, right, that were the, the football, you know, captain and stuff like that. And I go and I look at some of their stuff on Facebook now and where they've ended up in life, and I'm like, wow. But if you get together with them, they're going to talk about, hey, you remember that touchdown I threw? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> I'm 47 years old now. It's not really that important to me. Uh, there's other things. So again, we don't want to live in those places that we, we, we become complacent and we even have pride because it's then that we stop growing and learning. Over 2,000 years ago, a young Greek artist named Timanthes studied under a respected tutor. After several years, the teacher's efforts seemed to have paid off with him and he painted an exquisite work of art. Unfortunately, he became so enraptured with the painting that he spent days gazing on it. One morning when he arrived to admire his work, he was shocked to find it blotted out with paint. Angry, Timanthes ran to his teacher who admitted he had destroyed the painting. I did it for your own good. The painting was retarding your progress. Start again and see if you can do better. Timanthes took his teacher's advice and produced, I'm going to try to say the sacrifice of Ephigenia, some, something important. And it says, in which it was, it was regarded to this day as one of the finest paintings of antiquity. And so, again, this, this teacher, this, this, this one that was instructing him, saw the danger that he was in. And because he cared for him and knew he could do even better, he, he, he covered his painting with paint so he couldn't stay in that moment. And out of that was created something that to this day stands as something magnificent. And so today, while we celebrate our past, 
We cannot live in the past. You can't run a race looking backwards, can you? <laughs> and we're called today to still run the race, to finish what God has put in front of us. And so with that, we've got to focus on what is ahead. Finally, our last step here. Once we've evaluated, once we've eliminated, now we need to uh, elevate. In verse 14, I love that this phrase, it says, I press on. I press on on. This word press on is the Greek word uh, dioko, which means to run swiftly. And interesting enough, it's also the same word used for persecution. All right. Now, if you think about how Paul and how dedicated he was to, to persecute the Christians, you know, it was the wrong, it was the right intention wrongly applied, right? He was trying to do what was right. But that's what this word to press on, this word press on does not have any inclination of being easy. Pressing on means we lean in, we push forward, we go forward, even when it's most difficult. You know, imagine that you're in this, like, you know, a, a, a violent storm or something, and that wind is blowing, you know, and you have to, like, lean in to even push forward. And that's really what it's going to be. There's times that the wind will be at our back, that God will be pushing us, and we'll be just moving along. But a lot of the times, it's going to be this pressing on, where we're, we're committed and we're linked arm in arm, and we're trusting the Lord as he gives us the strength to move forward. You see, again, it's, it's about the direction that we go. It's, it's got to be that intensity that we have to press on. So today, as, as we look to the future, I pray that we would have the same determination that those who went before us had in this very place. They did those three elements. They had those three elements. They had to evaluate where they were and, and what it would look like as they, they built this structure. But more importantly, they built this community of believers. And they had to look, and, and as things changed and the, the, all the landscape around them changed, they had to, to continue on in that. And they had to eliminate the distractions and eliminate even their successes from their past. And then lastly, they had to elevate you see, we need to have that same daring faith that the early German Lutherans had when they set apart this land and built this church that stands behind me. They were not certain at the time that their labors would still be visible today. They, they probably had no re even thought that, you know what, I bet you 175 years from now, this church as we build it is going to still be here. It was simply a structure that they could gather in. But they committed to set out on this endeavor and to trust the Lord. They did not have time to live in the past because there wasn't a past yet here for them. <laughs> they were forging ahead. You know, that's one of the, the challenges. It's, it's a blessing, of course, to have this rich history. But one of the, you know, the benefits or blessings when you, when you do a church plant is there is no history, right? <laughs> you plant a church, it's new, and we just all we have is to go forward. But here, if done right and if, if approached properly, we do have a rich history to draw from, don't we? We do have a rich history and to be encouraged by those who have come before us. And these early German Lutherans, they, they trusted in the Lord's leading as they faced challenges and embraced the new landscape of culture, forging ahead to what God had called them to. They never lost sight of what God was calling them to. And that was, again, this community, right? to reach the lost with the good news. And today we must do no less. We must lean into where God is leading us as a church as we now also face a new landscape of challenge 
and also culture, right? It's much different now than, than when this church was built. But praise God, he's still on the throne, amen? And he still equips us, he still empowers us, and he's, the calling is still the same. And that's to reach the lost, to go into all the world with the good news. So while it is good that we celebrate 175 years today as a church, we need to remember that there is still much work to be done. And it's only going to be the goodness and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that carries us to the finish line. And maybe, just maybe, one, if the Lord tarries just a little while, maybe 175 years from now, somebody will be standing here <laughs> talking about even us as our time and our generation walk through this ground and reach the loss. Amen? Bow your heads with me, please. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for today as we do. We do remember and we do celebrate even, God, just your faithfulness. And that's what we see here. The reality is behind me stands wooden timbers and, and paint and, and stuff <laughs> that one day will fade away. But God, more importantly today, as, as we, your church, are gathered here, we are present and this, we are your church, your people. And so God, while we look back, I pray that we are encouraged and we see, Lord, through it all, we see people that are committed and faithful, Lord, to your calling, but also, Lord, we see your hand resting upon Long Grove Community Church. We see your faithfulness, that it all was for your glory. And God, may we be charged and may we be encouraged and, and may we again press on to what is next and to what you're calling us to. For today, there is a great task in front of us. As many do not know who you are, they do not know the, the beauty of the gift of salvation. And God, may we be the carriers of light and the carriers of good news to a lost and die, dying world. We thank you for this, Lord, opportunity. And we thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are God and that you are good and that you are here with us, strengthening us all along the way and walking with us as you promised never to leave us or forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen.